Horsing around post-week three of OTAs, I'm Andrew Mason. Thanks for joining me. I do not have Andy Lindahl with me this week. He's down in Texas with family. He'll be back next week. But for now, a little bit of a different type of podcast as we take a couple of segments from Orange and Blue 760 this week. The first one involves my first and 10 and 10 co-host, Ryan Edwards, who was on the afternoon show with Ray Crockett on Tuesday. They had a chance to talk to Justin Simmons about quite a few topics, including becoming a father for the first time. Give that a listen. Thrilled to bring on our next guest, Bronco Safety, Justin Simmons, joining us on the phone. Justin, you're on with Ryan Edwards and Ray Crockett. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely excited to chat with you, man. As uh, Ray would generally say, welcome to the crib. <laughs> <laughs> As always, man, it's a pleasure being in the crib. Hey, he, he know he's a member in the crib now. Oh, yeah. so, so, Justin, I, I know the big day has come and gone. I know you're adjusting to life as a proud papa. How is that going? And how many times are you running back and forth with them? Look with the honeydews. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, it's still it's still so surreal. Um, we had her uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, it's crazy. Every day, you know, I come back from from OTAs, and OTAs aren't even that long a day, and. Uh, come back and it seems like there's you know there's something new about it every day so um it's it's still it's still surreal man but it's it's truly a blessing i love it oh no question about it we're we're both uh fathers so we 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 totally get it and it's uh it, it really is life changing uh, have you gotten any kind of consistent sleep yet i mean that that for me was the biggest adjustment the sleep deprivation uh, was was really tough, and especially for you in, in such a physical job that you have to do. I kind of wonder how. I mean, do you take naps? I mean, how how do you handle all that? <laughs> yeah, right. I was saying um, we we timed her perfectly because uh, in the off season OTAs uh, time wise isn't as isn't nearly as demanding as as the regular season um, time like restraints are, and so. Um, I'm able to not get as much sleep as I normally do at night, as I'm sure you both are very aware of. But uh, when I come back home, um, it's nice to, you know, pop on the couch, take a nap before um, my my dad duties come later on that evening. So <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> nice. So so when you right now with the OTA schedule, give us a little pre a preview of that. You you're waking up early, of course. You're getting the OTAs, getting your work in before you get home. One. How is it? How early are you getting up now? And then, two, how are the OTAs going? Man, OTAs have been awesome so far. Um, I mean, typically, um, you know, right now with, with Phase 3 incorporating practices and, and, and film study and things like that, um, guys wake up around, you know, 6. We tend to get our morning lift in, um, you know, before practice, so you have the afternoons off. So um, you can get your lift in at 7, meetings start at 8. Um, you're pretty much in meetings from eight to around, you know, 10 and then 1030, you're on the field for, you know, about hour, hour and 45 minutes, two hours. And, um, shit, you know, that's, that's the day. Then you go off to lunch and you're, you know, you're out of the building by, by one o'clock, which, you know, is like three or four, uh, hours earlier than, than normal in, in the regular season. So. Um, it's it's going really well, but practices itself are, are have been. I mean, already you could just feel the urgency that the the team has in, in our practices. They've been awesome. So if you 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 just mentioned that phase three, and I and I keep hearing this, 
Give Broncos country a little idea of how that goes and uh, how, I guess, gets to that level. One and two is kind of like just seven on seven, a little team stuff or just individual. But then this is more of the combination of all of it. Right. So, yeah, there's there's three different phases to, to OTAs. Um, when we come back from uh, from our, like, true offseason break, um, we start phase one. And phase one is, is simply just, uh, just lifts and meet so you, you just lift and then you meet with your your uh, position coaches and um you start you going over you start going over installs so um i think we have up to like 12 um 12 installs and you know you just go day by day and you, and you slowly install whatever the defense and offensive coordinators have uh planned for you and then uh, moving on to phase two you just continue with um you continue with the installs but um, now you incorporate on top of the list in the meetings, you incorporate individual practices. And so um, instead of going out there and having, um, like I, like I uh, said in phase three, you know, two hour practices, now you just go out there and you have like a, a 45, 30 minute um, practice with just your position group. And then at the end, maybe for like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, if, you know, the defense and offensive coordinators want to, um, they'll come together as a team and they'll walk through some, um, they'll walk through some of the looks um and there's a lot of details that go into it because uh, there's there's certain rules behind it but that's that's pretty much the gist of it is uh phase one is just meetings and lift phase two is uh, meetings lift and uh basically walkthroughs and then phase three is when you can actually start practicing with with helmets and flying around and and uh playing like good on good so very cool chatting with uh bronco safety justin simmons here on the hotline uh, Justin, now heading into your third year, we we're having this uh, debate, this conversation about the value of OTAs, and especially for veteran players. And you know, Von Miller today kind of uh, it, we 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 sort of broke it down on which way he meant it. He kind of said OTAs aren't really a big deal. Ray read into that, saying, "Well, he's saying that because he wants players to." realize that right now you need to continue that work into training camp. You can't just say, hey, I'm a big deal in OTAs. i got to continue that. What is the value of OTAs in your opinion? Um, I think, you know, I think OTAs, um, with what Vaughn said, I don't think, um, you know, I think it's a good sign, uh, especially for young guys that are, are making plays in, in OTAs. Um, but, you know, we, we're... we're, we're I mean, we're, competing. we're out there. We're not trying to hurt each other. Um, you know, a lot of the guys are, are learning a new system, um, you know, with with a lot of different coaches. We're adjusting the coaches and the way they teach and, and things of that nature. Um, and we're not even there, you know, the whole day. So so for most of the film, you can't even uh, – you don't even have time to go back and, and really correct um, some a lot of the – because you can install for the next practice, you know, the next day. Um, so – you know, I, I, I agree. With, I definitely agree with what I said. I mean, it's important, right? You don't want to just go out there and have bad film, um, especially if you're if you're a younger, um, you know, part of the younger group, and your job is not as solidified. You don't want to put bad tape out there. But um, with that being said, what you know, what's more important is um, OTAs is just a huge learning curve. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a fair ground for everyone. So then, by time training camp, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, then that's when you know, decisions will be made and that's where people will start, you know, getting cut and people will start being, um, you know, held accountable for um, what they've, you know, taken in from the past, you know, couple months that they've been in OTA. So I look at OTAs 
all together is pretty much like a mini training camp. Um, and then you know, training camps like the real deal, like um, with five games and, and things like that. And see, Justin, I, I told him like this. I said, I've been through it. You know, these media guys, sometimes they don't, <laughs> they don't necessarily understand the levels to this. There's levels to this. Oh, so on. so yeah. what I told him, I said, look, I, what Vaughn is trying to tell these guys, he he's not saying that it's not important when he says, hey, don't think you have arrived because you go out and get four sacks in OTAs or you get three picks in OTAs or you throw four yeah. touchdowns in OTAs. What he's letting them know yeah. is, hey, this is like fighting. We're out here sparring. But when training camp come, I'm going to put these hands on you for real. And then we'll get to see if you can play. So is that what you think of it when you hear Vaughn speak like that? Oh, that's 100% what it is. Um, you know, OTAs also, you're, you're just wearing helmets. There's no physicality. Uh, you know, the pads aren't clicking. There's no, I mean, you know, there's no tugging of jerseys. I mean, like I said, we're just trying to make sure everyone's healthy. So by the time training camp comes, you know, we're really going at each other. After that, you start practicing against other teams. You know, you, you start game prepping. And so, um, like I said, man, OTA is like, I mean, you put it the best way. That's I'm going to steal that from you. I'll make sure to give you credit, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know what it, you know what it, you, you know what it sounds like to me is it sounds like a bitter defensive player no, that was tired no. of the offense winning those OTA battles because OTAs, much like seven on seven, tend to favor the offense. That's what it sounds like to Justin, me. Justin, just tell him if this was first, hey, I'm Stephen A. and I just won. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so man. what what has impressed you? So far in these look in these shake and bake practices, as y'all call them, OTAs, who has impressed you the most offensively? I know they said Case Keenum looks like he has the bag for real, not just literally, but for real, figuratively speaking as well. What have impressed you? Yeah, I mean, you know, the first thing I would have said was uh, Case for sure. I mean, um, it's you know, it's you can just you can tell he has that presence and that 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 calmness about him of already taking command of the huddle and of the offensive side of the football. I mean, he's getting guys on the ball quick. You know, he's making checks. He's making um, adjustments at the line of scrimmage. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just taking full demand. And he's, he's swinging the rock out there, you know, making plays. And um, he looks, you know, he looks really good. And, I mean, I'm no quarterback coach. And, you know, I know my job is to, is to read quarterbacks and, and to go get the football. But, you know, from what I've seen these past couple of weeks, you know, really comfortable and, and really good back there. Um, and as far as and as far as like rookies go, um, I, I really like uh, you know Sutton does an amazing job of going up and getting those fifty fifty balls. Uh, we've already seen like two or three of them, and he's come down with every single one. And so um, you know he's uh, I don't know how you know he's doing on the offensive side of the ball. I tend not to pay too much attention to that, but just from the few reps that you know that I have paid attention to. Um, seems like he's doing a, a really good job of, of grasping what's going on and uh, making a lot of big plays and practices. Very cool. Well, hey, Justin, we really appreciate your time. I know that, uh, that these are pretty long days as not only are you working in OTAs, but uh, you're a new dad. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Yeah, as always, I really appreciate you guys having me in the crib, man. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, baby. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. There you oh, go. And before you leave, go ahead oh, and here. tell him I won. <laughs> you just, come on. <laughs> 
It's not about winning. Uh, hey, thank you, Justin. <laughs> Thanks, Justin, Justin Simmons, uh, really good stuff uh, from the Broncos uh, starting hey, can we safety. We just get along. Yeah, well, it, one one is a strong word. I, I, I'd say you made some good points. Hey, I'm, j- I'm just playing with you. I know. I, I hate those debate shows. I'm serious because uh, half of the time, nobody really wins anyway. They just say they do. Thanks to Ray, Ryan, and Justin for that. And speaking of Ryan, of course, you can listen to Ryan with me and Steve Atwater every weekday from Monday through Friday, 10 to 1 on Orange and Blue 760. On Friday, we didn't have Steve Atwater. He was off in St. Louis being inducted into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Steve. Today, St. Louis. Tomorrow, Canton. But as for what Ryan and I talked about, we talked about Paxton Lynch in light of some revealing comments about Lynch from offensive coordinator Bill Musgrave. So give that a listen. So I want to play this this clip from Bill Musgrave on Paxton Lynch. And I want to I want to get your kind of it's not visceral because you've already heard it, but I want to get your reaction to it at least as you've had some time to think about it. Here is Bill Musgrave yesterday on Paxton Lynch's progress so far six days into OTAs. Well, Paxton's uh, growing every day. He's he's learning more about football, learning more about defense. He's learning more about um, the way that he can be effective. You know, at this level of football, which is completely different than college and. Um, a world apart from high school. So he's he's going through the process, and um, shoot, he had another good day today. He's doing a nice job late in the down, um, being real smart with the football. We have our times out there at practice where the ball you know doesn't go where it's supposed to. We've got to learn from when we stub our toe. But uh, Paxton's credit, after six OTAs, he's doing the best of the three uh, in terms of protecting the football and making smart decisions, especially late in the down. The last practice that we saw as media this week on Tuesday, mm-hmm. there were two interceptions thrown. One by Case Keenum, tip drill off Jeff Hireman. One by Chad Kelly. Paxton Lynch was the only quarterback who did not throw an interception that day. Well, the uh, touchdown pass I saw to Jake Butt late in practice in the red zone. Gave Jake Butt a chance, didn't give the defenders a chance. Very similar to the pass that he made to Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. a week earlier. Allow Sutton to get up and beat Brendan Langley. Didn't give Langley a chance at the ball. So what does it mean? What does any of it mean? I, and before you hit me with the Von Miller, this is just OTAs. We all get that. That's that's an understood but, statement. What do you want to see him flailing out there? Uh, no, no, you want to see no. him learning and growing. But is this growth? Is it real growth? It, it, is, is what we're seeing with our own eyes and what the coaching stuff? He didn't have to add that last part. That's what. That's the part that's interesting to me. So I'm not trying to blow this out of proportion, and I'm not trying to say Paxton Lynch should be competing for anything more than the backup job. But he didn't have to add that last part. And I'm and maybe I'm looking for any morsel of encouragement on Paxton, and I'm reaching a bit. Fine, tell me I'm reaching. But I was encouraged hearing that Bill Musgrave didn't go have to have go out of his way to say that he could have said anything. He could have just said very standard stuff. Everything up until then was very standard. But the last point, but to Paxton's credit, after six OTAs, he's doing the best of the three in terms of protecting the football and making smart decisions. There's another line in that quote that stood out to me. He's learning more about the way he can be effective at this level of football, mm. which is completely different than college in a world apart from high school. And part of that, quite frankly, is Paxton unlearning some things that he learned mm-hmm. in the parlance of Yoda. So what does it mean? It means he's doing all right so far, but y- you want to kind of have everything measured at this point because you do have training camp and you do have preseason and the bullets get live, and things get faster. So 
you want to see if it can translate. But if you're going to start by laying the foundation, you have to do it right now. I'd say it's a positive. It's not something that you're going to start anointing him as the starting quarterback down the line with, but it's a positive development. And that's how we should take it, right now? Yes. Okay. I'm fine. I didn't need a, what if he keeps playing well? What do we think about in the, I don't need any of that. I just need to know what does it mean today? And if he keeps this up, what will we be saying about him in training camp? That's, that's you know, we're, this is strictly an off-season kind of conversation. This year, plan A, Case Keenum, case closed. No pun, well, pun sort of intended. And then Paxton, we'll see. We'll just see. But you should be, as Broncos fans, rooting for Paxton Lynch to get it and to get his act together and be a viable option for the Broncos for years to come. Whether Case stays the guy or Paxton can be traded, it doesn't really matter. Solves a lot of problems. It solves a ton of problems. Oh my goodness gracious. You don't want to miss on a first round pick. Root for Paxton to get it. And it sounds to me like the early returns on Paxton Lynch are kind of kind of encouraging. Is that is that at least not too big of a leap here, Mace? That's fair to say. Okay. And that's fine. All right. See, we're hey, we're, we're good. We're good. We know, you know, and, and I'm I, not going to take it as a bad thing that he's doing well out there. Well, and I, and I thought about going no. Tyler Columbus on you. Like, well, what if they start one and three? <laughs> hey, did you get him back for that? No. Oh, <laughs> we were having, we were having too much fun talking about other things. And I'll say this: if you go back to Orange and Blue 760, we talk a little about the nomenclature of this offense, how they're getting some things down to one-word calls, which is interesting because. A lot of this scheme has had some complicated calls for the quarterback, and so we talked. Tyler and I kind of talked about that and how the play calling in a West Coast offense—it's hard for the quarterback, but it's designed to be easier for the other players because, like, if a quarterback has a twelve-word call, say if you're playing left tackle, you're playing right tackle, you're listening for one word, which is your job. But what is happening now is that Bill Musgrave mentioned that some of the calls in the huddle are one word. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can mean a little more thinking for other players, and it can be easier for the quarterback. Here's Bill Musgrave on the offensive scheme and how it's put together. It's really a system that we built as a staff this offseason. We've got a, we had wholesale changes on the offensive staff. So we have our framework that I'm comfortable with, you know, and that I can teach and call, you know, in a timely manner. And then our staff has put together what we feel is a great system, you know, for our players and, and especially our QB. So. But is it player-friendly? Well, we're trying to make it concise. We don't want long-worded plays in the huddle. Um, we've got three or four ways to go no huddle, and uh, a lot of those are one-word calls. So we, we'd love for guys to know it like the back of their hand, and then they can just cut it loose and play. Um, that's what we're trying to get done. And so that's why we've kind of brought the language from Atlanta or Minnesota or Oakland. And um, I've had time on task where I feel like it can be teachable, it can be learnable, and then guys can execute it. And, cut it loose out there on the field. Okay, so they put together an offensive scheme borrowing concepts from offenses that have run, well, first of all, Minnesota, of course, Case Keenum, you're using a little bit of that, makes sense. Atlanta, we're talking about a, a very efficient offense, an offense that that utilizes back running backs out of the backfield, utilizes... Uh, stud wide receivers on the outside and, and wide receivers coming, coming across the middle. But did more of that with the backs out of the backfield after Bill yes. Musgrave moved on. Still, 
the the notion of that you're you're borrowing language from these these different groups. Uh, what does that mean for you? In particular, how can that help the Broncos? If you can simplify it, I think it helps the younger players in particular. Because think about what these younger guys are coming from college with the knowledge of and the ability to handle. You go a lot of these college schemes, the verbiage is simpler compared to the NFL. Sometimes you're looking over at an assistant coach holding a big piece of poster board with pop culture figures on mm-hmm. it. You got the picture of, of of say, I don't know, George Clooney, a picture of a supermodel, a picture of Daffy Duck or something, Scooby Doo, yeah. a picture in a picture of the Philly fanatic. I mean, it could be anything, and you everyone looks over, sees that, and says, "Okay," and they're they're running the play. So simplifying the verbiage and making it more player friendly to me, it's actually a way of bridging the gap between college schemes and pro schemes, and maybe this is where it's going to have to go at the next level. And some of what Chip Kelly did as well, but as Tyler Palumbo's pointed out a couple of hours ago, you know, if it gets too simple, and uh, he noted that when Chip Kelly was with Philly that first year, 2013, they basically had about 10 plays. And then a year later, everyone kind of exposed them. So you want to have the verbiage be simple, but you want to have the effect be complicated. That's all for this week. We'll have more after the third week of OTAs here on the Horse and Round podcast. For Ryan Edwards and Ray Crockett, I'm Andrew Mason. Talk to you next week.